What's happening, everybody? On today's show, it was a busy recruiting weekend across the conference, but it was Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers who were celebrating the most. We'll recap some of the names who committed over the weekend, and we'll continue to preview the 2023 SEC football season as we catch up with Jesse Simonton of On3 Sports. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the around the conference and we start over at Auburn as things got started this weekend with Malcolm Simmons a four-star athlete out of the state of Alabama finalized his commitment to the Auburn Tigers he had a bunch of offers but ultimately settled in with Hugh Freeze and the Tigers becoming their 13th commit for the 2024 class six foot tall 165 pounds Rated as a four-star recruit, 28th uh, 28th athlete in the country on the 24-7 sports composite. And his primary recruiter, Marcus Davis, the wide receivers coach. So that is uh, the thought where he will play as a wide receiver, but again, listed as an athlete. So that was a big-time get for Auburn early Saturday afternoon, Malcolm Simmons committing. Well, then... Later that afternoon, Perry Thompson made his decision. A 2024 wide receiver, five-star wide receiver from the state of Alabama, plays at Foley High School. 24-7 sports ranks him as the number eight wide receiver, the number four player in the state of Alabama. And he flipped his commitment from Alabama to Auburn. Pretty big get there. Now, with his commitment, they already have uh, Bryce Kane, a three-star wide receiver, so... Uh, Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons, and now Perry Thompson, all wide receivers coming in in this group. Now, uh, Perry Thompson, very highly thought of, and uh, again, five-star commitment. First time in a while Auburn's had one of those, and uh, big-time, big-time get for Hugh Freeze's 2024 recruiting class. Now, the Auburn commitments who were visiting uh, Auburn, for their visit, you know, a lot of coaches were having recruits over to their houses and having pool parties and all this this past weekend. Well, the uh, recruits that were visiting Auburn got so excited, they picked up Hugh Freeze and threw him in the pool to celebrate. And some of the players videoing that on Instagram and posting it. But nonetheless, big time get, six foot three, 200 pounds. Um, and Bryce Thompson, or Perry Thompson, rather, joining Bryce Kane and Malcolm Simmons. Uh, Perry Thompson, the gem of the group, and some Alabama fans were upset over the flip, but again, that's going to happen when you flip from Alabama to Auburn. Now, Auburn not done yet. They're hoping for yet another five-star prospect, K.J. Bolden, uh, defensive back out of Buford, Georgia. He was on the planes this weekend for Big Cat Weekend. He told On3 Sports that Auburn is in his top two He'll be making his official announcement this Saturday night, August 5th. So we'll see where ultimately he decides. 
a couple weeks ago. He had a final five. That included Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Florida State, and Ohio State. Six foot one, 185 pounds. Rated a five-star, the number one safety, the number two recruit out of the state of Georgia, and the number seven prospect overall for 2024. So we'll see where K.J. Bolden commits on Saturday night. But if, if Auburn can get him, that would just be another cherry on the top for what they've been doing. So congrats to Hugh Freeze. Congrats to the Auburn uh, fans out there. Big, big weekend for them. Uh, and a big weekend across the SEC. There were some other recruits, but uh, Auburn kind of grabbed the headlines there. So congrats to them. And see what Hugh Freeze can keep doing here, building a squad for 2024. All right, over at Ole Miss, they added a wide receiver to their recruiting class, Marquise Willis. He's the younger brother of Malik Willis, the former Liberty quarterback, ironically. Uh, started at Auburn, finished at Liberty under Hugh Freeze, but uh, he has committed to Ole Miss. Uh, he plays for Coahoma Community College in Mississippi. He was in Oxford for their Juice Fest weekend. Uh, played his high school ball at Roswell in the Atlanta area. Was a three-star athlete in the 2021 class. College lists him at six foot three, 218 pounds. He had 20 catches as a freshman for almost 300 yards and four touchdowns last year. So Marquise Willis commitment for Ole Miss in their 2024 class again coming from community college. Uh, Ole Miss's class also had a little bit of news. Interior offensive lineman Joseph Cryer announced Sunday evening he is decommitted from Ole Miss. He originally gave them a verbal pledge last month. Comes from the Louisiana area and was recently offered by LSU uh, a couple days ago. So we'll see if uh, LSU is where he ends up. He's the number 966 overall player for the class of 2024, the number 69 interior offensive lineman, the number 33 player out of the state of Louisiana. Uh, Ole Miss does still have four commitments on the offensive line for the 2024 class, including four-star Cameron Beavers. So uh, we'll see if Ole Miss adds any other O-linemen there. Now, Ole Miss, uh, they are in the midst of a quarterback battle, and ESPN's Adam Rittenberg, Wrote a piece over the weekend, kind of taking a shot, taking a stab in the dark on some of the quarterback competitions out there. For Ole Miss, he thinks Spencer Sanders is going to win that job, the Oklahoma State transfer. Uh, here's what Rittenberg wrote. He said, at full strength, Sanders gives Lane Kiffin a productive, proven player who can attack defenses in multiple ways. Few would be shocked if Jackson Dart retains the job, but Ole Miss clearly wanted options, and Sanders provides the best option with over 9,500 career passing yards and 67 touchdowns. He was a four-year starter at Oklahoma State. Obviously put up some monster numbers there. I still think Ole Miss is going to go into the season with an open quarterback competition. They play Mercer on September 2nd, but uh, Adam Rittenberg, that's one of the first I've seen that has – uh, said that they think Spencer Sanders is going to win the job. A lot of people think that Jackson Dart uh, is just going to hold on to that job, and throughout the spring, Dart looked good. So we shall see. Uh, meanwhile, Rittenberg took a shot at the Alabama quarterback job, and this is on uh, ESPN. Adam Rittenberg says that he thinks Tyler Buckner is going to win the job over Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow. He says, I could see Milrow getting the nod, but Buckner's familiarity with Tommy Reese and his approach should give him the edge. Both players still need to show they can avoid interceptions. Buckner had eight of them on 118 career passing attempts. 
while Melrose picked off three times on 53 attempts last year. Issues with turnovers for Buckner and Milrow have uh, been an issue. Now, Greg McElroy predicted just a couple weeks ago that Ty Simpson is going to win the job. So we'll see. I don't think anybody really knows what's going on there in Alabama. And again, I, I would not be shocked if Saban lets this thing go into the season, uh, into week one, divvy up some reps and may the best man win the job. We shall see. All right, some other notes from the weekend. Zamarian Lang, a three-star wide receiver from the state of Florida. He committed to the South Carolina Gamecocks over the weekend. He's the number 78 player, uh, 78 wide receiver at a uh, Final Four schools of Kansas State, Pitt, USF, and South Carolina. Picked the Gamecocks. He told 24-7 Sports, since they've offered me, nothing changed about them. Every time I've been up there, they showed me love. Made me feel like I was at the crib. Just felt loved, protected, and comfortable around them. Just liked it out there. So, Zamarian Lang going to South Carolina. Uh, Georgia got another recruit. It's crazy. They just keep racking up. Chris Jones, a class of 2024 linebacker out of the state of Virginia. He announced Sunday he will go play for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. He is their 26th commitment. Uh, 18th blue chip commit for the 2024 cycle. And, of course, the Bulldogs still have the number one overall recruiting class, so they just keep adding to it. But Chris Jones, the nation's number 133 overall prospect, the number nine linebacker, and the number two player from the state of Virginia. He's 6'2", 220 pounds. Picked Georgia over Florida and several other schools. So Chris Jones with a K heading to Georgia and uh, – and their class just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Over at LSU, Brian Kelly and company adding to their offensive line on Sunday, picking up a commitment from offensive tackle Ori Williams. He's six foot six, rated the number ninety-four player out of the state of Texas, the number forty offensive tackle in the country. Picked LSU over Florida, but also had some offers from the likes of Florida State, Texas A&M, Auburn, Texas, and Georgia. He's LSU's third O-lineman commit in 2024, joining Kyrie Lee and Ethan Calloway. So, Brian Kelly adding to his group. Uh, Arkansas got a little bit, just mentioned this briefly, they got a defensive back for the class of 2025 in Marcus Wimberly. So, not 2024, but 2025. 6'1", 180 pounds. So, uh, congrats to Sam Pittman and his crew there. And some other SEC news over at Missouri. They're going to be without one of their redshirt freshman defensive backs as they had in a fall camp. Four-star uh, Isaac Thompson suffered a lower body injury and will st- sit out the uh, start of fall camp. We'll see uh, if he'll be ready to go for their August 31st kickoff against South Dakota. 24-7 Sports listed him as the number 22 safety in the country in the class of 2022. So we'll see what the latest is there on Isaac Thompson as uh, might take a hit there in the secondary for Mizzou. Uh, over Georgia, they just keep having issues with people speeding. I know we, we keep bringing it up, and Georgia fans get, Georgia fans get mad, but uh, according to Athens Banner Herald, Georgia defensive lineman Tyrion Ingram Dawkins was cited for speeding last Monday at 9 a.m., doing 90 miles per hour in a 70. I understand this isn't like the end of the world. This isn't, um, 
you know, nobody was injured here or anything like that. Uh, but on the same day, Ingram Dawkins was reportedly uh, arrested Monday afternoon and booked on a warrant for failing to appear in court. That warrant stemmed from a previous citation in Athens. And it's just the latest in a string of driving-related incidents under Kirby Smart um, in this last year. And particularly this offseason, just a lot of stuff. Kirby was asked about it at SEC Media Days. He said he's disappointed with uh, anytime anybody has any kind of traffic incident. But, uh, man, it, it just feels like, shouldn't there be some kind of memo sent out to all the Georgia players? Hey, don't get pulled over for speeding. Don't, like, because it keeps happening. Like, maybe have maybe have one of the Georgia, Georgia Sheriff's Office, Franklin County, or, or somebody come over and sit down with the players and go, guys, don't do this. It's just, again, Georgia fans get frustrated. We keep bringing it up. We keep bringing it up because it keeps happening. Players keep getting pulled over and ticketed and all that kind of stuff. All right, some other news. Over at Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher talking with uh, at a fan event this past weekend. And him and Bobby Petrino keeps grabbing all the headlines. Uh, Fisher went as far as to say this weekend that he gets along with Bobby Petrino better than anyone he's ever coached with. He said, quote, he and I have gotten along better than anybody I've ever coached with because we understand each other. I wonder to see how well they understand each other when they get into uh, coaching together this season. And uh, how's the offense going to look under Bobby Petrino? Will Jimbo Tinker? We shall see. The Aggies will kick off their season against New Mexico on September 2nd. Over Florida, they got their workouts underway this past weekend. And uh, Patrick Tony left his post as defense coordinator at Florida this offseason or last offseason, Corey Raymond coming in uh, to um, came over from LSU to help out that secondary along with Billy Napier. Austin Armstrong coming in to try to fix this defense, and Corey Raymond considered one of the best DP coaches out there, really good recruit on Sunday. Veteran defensive back Jaden Hill talking with reporters said that uh, Corey Raymond is handling the whole secondary and that the unit is tighter. And they've had improved communication this offseason. So uh, we will see how much better that Florida secondary looks. But I like Austin Armstrong. I think he's done a great job there so far. We'll see if he can make a difference. A couple other notes. South Carolina, uh, Pete Thamel took a shot at North Carolina on the College Game Day podcast, talking about that upcoming game in week one between North Carolina and South Carolina. Pete Thamel saying, I do feel like the Gamecock fans are going to show up. The challenge to me is the North Carolina fan base. I feel like they would much rather have brunch with a Bloody Mary that has a shrimp and bacon and probably grits on it. I feel like that's more Carolina. I don't know if their fan base really wants to let it rip for three hours. I predict 75% South Carolina fans, and I predict that they will be rocking. So challenge issued there for North Carolina fans. But look, South Carolina fans fired up. Shane Beamer's doing a good job there. One last football note here. Tennessee filling out their 2025 schedule, adding uh, FCS program East Tennessee State. Uh, they will come to Knoxville September 6th, 2025. They will get a check for 525000 to get their butts beat. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Coming up next, our conversation with Jesse Simonton of On3 Sports. We'll preview the season with him in just a sec. First, want to remind you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. Look, uh, we've been telling you about eBay Motors for 
a little while now, and for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part has got to fit just right. We know it's uh, this time of year, a lot of you guys have been making road trips and all this. The car may need a few adjustments, may need a few replacement parts, and that's where our friends at eBay Motors come in. The next time you need parts and accessories, you got to head to eBay Motors. With their eBay Guaranteed Fit, you're going to make sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. You just add your ride to My Garage on their website, and you look for the green check when you select a part. That's going to let you know that that part will fit your vehicle or your money back because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you're going to be back in the game in no time. It is easy to take home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So go get the right parts, get the right fit, and get the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride the eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Motors. Run along here from SEC Media Days, one of the guys who's been covering the SEC a while, a guy that we love to catch up with. It was on the show just a couple months ago, Jesse Simonson from um, On3 Sports. How's it going, man? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me again. It's um, it, it's always busy this this time of year. What uh, <laughs> what do you try to get accomplished this week while you're here, other than interviews and that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, well, a lot of it's kind of relationships and connections. And, you know, this is kind of, uh, you know, a lot of folks say this is, you know, the unofficial or official start of when everyone turns the calendar and we kind of see the light of the season. Right. It almost kind of feels like the first day of school. You know, you're back around a bunch of former, you know, whether it's co-workers or folks that, you know, you know, you haven't run into in a couple months and you start catching up and trading stories. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's great to talk to the players and the coaches, uh, but it's just as good to kind of you know, pick the brains of some of the local beat writers and, and some of the other national guys. And, and, oh, this is how you feel about a team. This is how I kind of feel about a team. And, you know, it can kind of, you know, maybe shape a narrative or kind of shift an opinion or two. I always love when you do, um, you know, and we see it all over, but doing any kind of off-season rankings, yeah. you're going to get killed, no oh, matter yeah. what you say. <laughs> yeah. Was it the coaching rankings I think you had recently? I've had the, I've done, the, I've done a bunch. I've yeah. done coaching rankings. I've done, you know, uh, Does individually. Does anybody ever respond and go, hey, man, great list? The team, the, maybe the guys that get ranked high, right. you know, the, the, the teams at the, at the top. Right. My latest one was, uh, you know, I, I released my preseason SEC um, picks, you know, yeah. the, the, who's going to finish first in the in the West, first in the East, whatever. Well, Mississippi State fans did, did not take kindly <laughs> to the fact that I uh, had them seventh in the West. But you Oof. know what? Somebody's got somebody's to finish last. Yeah. Somebody's got to finish last. And, you know, we'll see. It's amazing because I've been saying that about, you know, everybody wanted conference expansion. Oh, we got to add some big dogs. Let's get Texas. Let's get Oklahoma. Now people are saying, how about Clemson, Florida State? I'm going, guys, pump the brakes. Somebody, somebody's somebody's got to take the losses. Somebody's got to lose. Somebody's, so. somebody's got to take the losses. And, and you know what? We, we have seen uh, throughout some of these realignment, what, you know, whether it was in 92 first or, you know, 2017 or one of the most recent ones when A&M and these guys come in as well, you know, West Virginia to the Big 12, you leave these other leagues, suddenly the L's start, get, you know, stacking up because you're getting that check for a reason. Yeah, but everybody gets dollar signs in their eyes and they leave for the money and I get it. That's what makes the world go around, but man, it's going to be it's going to be intense. All right, so let's, let's talk about it. Who do you have? I assume you have Georgia winning the East. Who do you have winning the West? 
So coming into this weekend, I, I had LSU, but I will say I, I am a tad hesitant in that pick right now. Um, I think on the surface, the Tigers have fewer questions than the Tide. I think that the Alabama is going to be better on offense. I think the wide receiver room is going to be improved. Nick Saban certainly seems confident to the running back room. The offensive line is going to be better. But I, those are known quantities at LSU. The wide receiver core is probably the best in the SEC if it's not Georgia. The offensive line returns all five starters. I think you can make a case that Will Campbell and Embry Jones could be All-Americans by the end of the year. Yeah. Defensively, I think LSU might have the best two individual players. I have a column in on three about this, wrote it earlier this week. I think they might have the best two individual players by season's end and Harold Perkins and Mason Smith. But my hesitancy right now, <laughs> it's not so much picking against the tide, and I know the internet is, you know, flush with old takes <laughs> exposed right. uh, of, you know, folks, you know, uh, declaring the dynasty dead. It's more of Saban's kind of quiet confidence mm -hmm. versus Chip Kelly suddenly backing off, kind of taking the foot off the gas a little bit uh, earlier this week with, with his comments about, you know, still needing to close the gap with the Georgias and the Alabamas. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly. We know Brian Kelly, yeah. excuse me, Brian Kelly. Yeah, and, and I just thought, you know, BK, he's, BK's been puffing his chest all offseason about beating Alabama yeah. and about wanting to win a national championship and how much that accomplishment meant to him. So it gives me a little bit of pause there. I will say that. Now, LSU has no margin for error this year just because they have that you know game against Florida State. Obviously, right. Alabama plays Texas, but the fact that that game's in Tuscaloosa, whereas LSU is playing this game in Orlando, um, Florida State, a top-10 team. It's going to be a fascinating first few weeks of the season for sure. Yeah, and back to the LSU versus Alabama thing. That game being in Tuscaloosa is what makes it. I mean, even when Alabama is not, you know, steamrolling everybody, they just don't lose there. It's so hard to, to beat them in that house. And so that's why I feel like, like if, if LSU-Bama was in Baton Rouge this year, I think lock. More people would be jumping on LSU. But the fact they got to go on the road, it's. Yeah, but I will say this, though. Historically, the irony is, is that LSU actually plays better in Tuscaloosa than yeah. they do in Baton Rouge. Last year, winning in Baton Rouge was almost like the outlier. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, that's true. They've actually played in recent years more competitive games there in, in Tuscaloosa. All right, well, how about in the East? It, it, we keep Everybody's just penciling in Georgia, and it makes me a little nervous because it reminds me of the Missouri-Georgia game last year where that, game, that team, as good as they were, played with fire in that Missouri game. Who's that game this year for? Well, Georgia? I think a lot of folks are circling that Tennessee game in November because it's in Knoxville. I think, George, it would be a, uh, you know, I'm not a wrestling fan, but it'd be a, a huge stunner. You know, going all, <laughs> what is it, Cold Stone Steve yeah, Austin? Yeah, Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah, Stone Cold Stunner if Georgia didn't make it to Atlanta. They're not losing twice. Right. So even if they get, if they somehow get nipped one time, I still think they're going to, represent the East. The more interesting thing to me, and I, Georgia's situation is fascinating from a macro perspective of trying to be the first team to three-peat since Minnesota in the 1930s, so we're talking almost 90 years right. uh, of history. The fact that they are still the preseason favorite for something that hasn't happened in almost a century is crazy, but if you're ter in terms of just the rest of the East, what's interesting is really how do you kind of uh, line up the teams behind the Bulldogs. A lot of folks have Tennessee penciled in automatically there. 
I was high on Tennessee a year ago. I didn't think they'd be a college football playoff team like they almost were, but I thought they were the second-best team in the East. I still feel that way, but I think that gap is actually a little shorter than maybe some others believe. I think that you could. it's almost like your favorite flavor of ice cream where you can give me a reason why you like Kentucky. You can give me right. a reason why you like South Carolina, like Tennessee. I don't think – I think Missouri and Florida are maybe a, a notch below that. But when you're talking about maybe three, four teams competing for that second spot, you know, it's going to be a meat grinder for, for all those guys this year. Josh Heibull had a fantastic year last year, and, and Hendon Hooker was phenomenal in all this. I just caution – it reminds me a little bit of Texas fans a, year, a few years ago where we're back. I'm seeing it all from Tennessee fans. We're back, and I'm going – Wait a minute, guys. We've got some things to figure out here. We saw, you know, Joe Milton, small sample size, but look great. Like, we still got to, all the dots have to connect here before we say Tennessee's absolutely back, right? Absolutely. And, and that's why, again, everyone's penciling in. Everyone, a lot of folks are already circling that Tennessee-Georgia game. The more important game for Tennessee is week three at Florida. Yeah. If you really are this ascendant program, if you really are making the leap, where whether they're declaring their back or if they are just back on the national scene, you got to go down to Gainesville and do something you haven't done in two decades, and that's win in the swamp. Right. Florida's not supposed to be very good this year. I am a little bit higher on the Gators than others. I think defensively they're going to make huge strides. I love the run game. Love the run game. I love ETN and Montrell Johnson. That's a great one-two punch, but I think they're just going to be better up front. Cam Jackson, the defensive line transfer they got from Memphis, is supposed to be really good. Yeah. I think Austin Armstrong, the, the, the new defensive coordinator. Was that the steal of the offseason? Like, I feel like we haven't talked enough about that. About Armstrong? Armstrong, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it's a it's an interesting hire for the fact that you know um, he went to Alabama and was there for a cup of coffee. You know, basically lasted about a month in Tuscaloosa, uh, and then you know kind of reunites with his old boss Billy Napier, who he coached with uh, back at Louisiana as an assistant. Was not the defensive coordinator there. But he's a guy, you know, he spent a year at Georgia uh, under Kirby Smart, you know, as a, as a defensive analyst, kind of learning that defense. So he's kind of considered this, like, you know, young wonderkin wizard. You know, I think he's only like 33 years old, youngest uh, defensive coordinator in the Power Five. So we'll see how that meshes. But I'm, I'm a little bit higher on Florida. If Tennessee really is what Tennessee says they are, have to win that one. they go to Gainesville and win. Because the, their entire season looks differently if they lose in week three. And Florida's entire season could have a different feel to it if you knock off a top 15, top 10 Vols team, regardless of what happens week one at Utah. Yeah. Uh, this, I brought up this question earlier this week, and it fascinates me. I want to get your, your answer on this. If I were to tell you a quarterback in the SEC this year was going to have a Joe Burrow-like meteoric rise, special season, blow all of us away and become a first-round pick next year. Who is it? Carson Beck. <laughs> I love that because I got Heisman odds at him 300 to 1. So. I, 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 you know, a lot of folks would immediately say Joe Milton, but we know more about Joe Milton. Yeah. And you know what? We've seen Joe Milton start, and we've seen him lose his job. Now, I think Joe Milton's going to be good this year. I don't think he's going to get Wally pipped or, you know, whatever by, by Nico. Uh but not, not enough folks are talking about the upside that Carson Beck has at Georgia. This is a guy that's going to be surrounded by the best offensive line in the country. Their wide receiver, or however you want to say, their pass-catching room right. with Brock Bowers. Weapons everywhere. Weapons everywhere. Um, and the schedule. Yeah. It, it, because of the schedule, he's going to be able to put up good numbers. And so... Uh, I think some folks are sleeping. I'm not saying he's going to be Joe Burrow or going to, you know, 
uh, make this transcendent leap, but the potential and the possibility is there. And if I'm picking one guy, I'm going to pick the guy that's probably going to be on the best team that's surrounded and going to be lifted up. Um, you know, rising, you know, rise all, rising tide, rise all boats. I mean, this yeah. is a guy that I think is going to be positioned for a monster 2023 season. That's why I jumped on the Heisman bet for him because think of Georgia. They go running back by committee, so no one guy's going to jump out. Defense, you know, look, they're all studs, but, like, you have to be special, special to be, you know, in the Heisman running. And then, like, Brock Bowers, as good as he is, the tight end's not going to win the Heisman. Right. So, like... It all points back to back. Beck's surrounded by all the talent. All he's got to do is just put the ball in their hands. That's a fantastic bet. Three hundred to one. You're gonna. That, that's that's a ticket that even if uh, you know you don't think oh maybe Caleb or somebody's still the, the, the favorite, you can sell that off. You know, come yeah. seasons in. I only did fifty bucks, so I'm kicking myself <laughs> for it. I might need to go back and put a little bit more on it. So we'll see. Uh, last thing for you, Jesse, as we look ahead, you know, this thing's going to move to Dallas next year, and we'll have Texas and Oklahoma. Are you, are you sad to see the East and the West going away? I mean. There's just some things about tradition that I feel like let's not lose some of this stuff. I am. I mean, we, we spent a good bit of time on the on the SEC East. I, I you know, the West is that's the wild, wild. I mean, it really is. And God bless the West. It has been, you know, the best division in college football for a long time. LSU, Alabama, one, two at the top this year. I think that's what what we expect. Not not too dissimilar from the East. Who you got third in the West? Yeah. A lot of folks like A&M. You can make the case for Arkansas having a bounce back season. Sam Pittman for, certainly seems so. I you know had a one on one with him earlier this year. Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is going to be better in 2023, but their record may not be as good because the schedule's tougher. You got to right. go to Georgia. Uh, so the divisions, I, I it'll be sad. You know, R.I.P. to the SEC West, the best <laughs> you know uh, division in college football. But it's going to be fun to see 16 teams and this giant. You know. I mean, adding two blue bloods like Texas and Oklahoma, I'm still a bit, you know, still chewed that we're not going to a nine-game slate. Yeah, but me too. the schedule should be fun next year with what we've seen. And I think, you know, eventually the smart heads will prevail and, and we'll get a nine-game, you know, 3-6 model, whether it's 2025 or 26. And maybe one day we'll get Georgia to go to Kyle Field. I mean, it's ridiculous that hasn't happened yet. Now, it is hilarious that they're going to end up going to Texas before they go to right. Texas A&M. I mean, that is that is chef's kiss by, by the SEC office right there. Yeah, he is Jesse Sivington, of course, uh, on three sports real quick. I know you guys stole Andy Staples. You got him now. You got some big things brewing, right? Yeah, we're, we're doing well. We're, we're loving it. So we brought in Andy Staples from The Athletic, and he, he's got a whole new daily show, and I'll be a regular co-host with him. So right now it's, it's, it's on every day, at, uh, Monday through it's on every day this week, 8 p.m. on our YouTube, on three YouTube channel. But during the season and really starting next week as we continue to kind of preview fall camp and getting into it, it'll be Sunday through Thursday with a little Saturday night postgame reaction. Wow. You can find it on podcast, Apple, Spotify, all that too. So it's a simulcast show. So come check us out. Jesse, always good to catch up, man. And uh, great stuff as always. Appreciate it, man. Thanks right. for having me. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Our thanks again to Jesse Simonton for joining us from On3 Sports to preview the SEC football season. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Continue to check us out throughout this week. We'll have some more guests joining us to preview the upcoming season. Also, a conversation you do not want to miss coming up later this week with uh, Brad Nessler as uh, they head into the final year of the CBS SEC on CBS 
And uh, we talked exclusively with Brad Nessler about that. So you don't want to miss that right here on Locked on SEC. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow talking all things SEC.